Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. You can see us. We're What's on a up? camera. What's up, everybody? We're so excited we're here. We're, uh, we're looking at this device that you, the Patreon users, helped us get, and it looks like the 2001 Space Odyssey. I'm yeah. looking into the eye, the eye of Hal. I feel like we're being watched. Uh, it's an amazing device. Uh, but all that aside, we are here for the first time doing video for you guys. We're talking about modern on video yeah. for you, the listeners of the show. Which this is-, is this is what the camera looks like. Oh yeah, we're there gonna you go. go. We're gonna go infinite. Look at that. Can you <laughs> feedback? Maybe you can see this. Maybe you uh, can't. Hopefully, okay. our new camera can <laughs> focus on it. Okay. Now we're moving it back. Yeah. We're All right. That's what we did there. So, yeah, this was brought to you by the Patreon. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been donating over the last couple months. That has eventually amalgamated into a large enough amount of money that we were able to afford this really cool camera thing that lets us, like, it like can do multi-cam and would allow us to maybe even start doing streams of gameplay and other things. So, get ready for exciting new video content as we move into 2018. Yeah, we've been talking to you guys about different video opportunities for such a long time now that uh, it's finally cool to, to really actually be able to do it. And actually, on that note, so just for everybody, we're going to be talking about a couple things today. I was at Grand Prix Vegas. That is one of the things we we're going to be talking about today. It's the main the thing ex- we're talking about today. The experience of Vegas, the recap, all of it. There's so much cool stuff to break down there. Um, but on top of that, uh, we do need to let you guys know that last week's episode yeah. actually just went up a second ago, literally. <laughs> As we're recording this on Monday... This is at 4.45 p.m. We've had a little bit of some, some technical snafus. June 18th, 2018. That have happened recently. The first one is the SD card that included our top 10 Demir cards was lost. Spoiler alert, we found it. Yep. So another late episode is going to be going up. But also... Probably next week. I don't think we want to do three episodes this no. week. Last week's upload, for some reason, stalled. And we didn't even realize it until just right now. I blame the Vegas internet. Yeah. So all that being said, we are here to talk to you guys today about the modern format. And you're going to also hear last week's predictions episode this week because that's just how it is. But the cool thing to make up for it is we have our preview card that Wizards was kind enough to give us free. And we're excited to show it to you. Yeah, we have a preview card, a brand new M19 preview card. Uh, God, there's so much cool stuff to talk about on this week's episode. I feel like... We're, I'm like overwhelmed by the amount of cool stuff. So yeah. uh, before we get fully into the preview card, uh, let's just do one or two quick shout outs. We yeah. space them out now. The first shout out is we are on Twitter. You can yeah. find me personally at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Cass Wiley. We and are at the MM Cast. Yep. And uh, you get a also, sign printed out with all of that on there. Yeah. There's a Facebook group also, um, which is uh, the Masters of Modern Facebook yep. group. And eventually we're going to actually try aiming to live stream some of this. We had to record this one ahead of time because of the preview card. Right. Uh, but when we get this up and running, there'll be live streams and it'll either be live streamed to the Facebook group. So make sure to follow the Facebook page and the group, or it might be to our YouTube channel that we'll be launching. We have to decide that. So put a pin in it. We'll follow up with you next week on where exactly it's going to be, but keep an eye on all the social media places just in case. So the first thing to be said about this card is it was given to us by Wizards for free. We totally appreciate their support. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the awesome. most awesome thing in the world. Uh, everybody on the Wizards team that provides us with these previews, that helps us, that supports us in doing our show, uh, we could never do it without that consistent support. And, uh, yeah, the, the card is something we really, really appreciate. So we can't wait to share it with you guys. They when we got always... our first preview card, it was like life accomplished. Yeah, um, you know, I was done. I, like, stopped. 
This is how going con- to work. This is how conversations <laughs> go when people don't know about the podcast. Uh, when they're like, "Oh, you do a modern podcast?" It's like, "Uh, yeah, we're uh, we do a modern podcast. We um we've been doing it for about three and a half years. Uh, we were the guys that spoiled Fatal Push." I'm like, "Oh, really? Wow, you guys are actually legitimate." That's like legitimate every conversation that I've ever had with somebody who doesn't know about the podcast. Yeah, but we have a cool one today. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's a very isolating card. Yeah, it's in a vacuum. This card would uh, ice, isolate. I don't know. You had a better joke than me. Um, so we well, have people a don't card. know it's a joke because they don't know what the card is. Because <laughs> they don't know what the card uh, is. So called. they give you a little bit of a breakdown. It costs one white. Ooh. Uh, it is an instant. It's a rare out of M19. Uh, we're not yet. We don't know as recording this if this is part of a cycle or not. But there is a a similar card in black that has been previewed. So what it says is. Exile target creature. That creature's controller may search their library for a basic land, put it into play, tapped. No, it, do- it doesn't say that. Oh, it's, that's your, That's just Pep Exile. That's not the card, guess. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not that. Uh, it is Exile target permanent with yeah. converted mana cost one. You know, Alex, why don't we actually just show them what we're talking oh. about? Do we have an extremely large thing that yeah. uh, our producer is going to focus on once we flip it over? Look at this. Well, bam. Look at that. Power of having a camera well, and a set. Power of having a power of power of this guy owning a toy company with an enormous printer. Yeah, yeah. look at that. Yeah, look at that. Isolate. That's where the joke came from. It's very isolating. So this card one white. Yeah. It's exile, pretty good. target permanent with converted mana cost one. The art's pretty cool. I, I like how like it gets around the loophole of like it can exile lands, but so it doesn't have to say non land permanent, because lands cost zero. So is that some sort of Loxodon uh, uh, yeah. hierarchy in the background there? I don't know if it's a hierarchy. It's definitely a Loxodon. Well, isn't Loxodon hierarch the four life one, the four man, the four 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 that you gain life, right? The old green white yeah. card. Might, Maybe. Like, wasn't that called Loxodon hierarch? I'm pretty I sure. I have no idea, but that's not what that is. Okay, it's an elephant. It's. A, it, I mean, it's a Loxodon. And then there's like four other people. Some like some priests of some kind. Yeah, they're isolating a guy. His hands are like up with his wrists facing forward, begging to not be isolated. But they're like, nope. And then they're like, threefold were his crimes, double were his pleas, singular was his fate. That's the flavor text. But, yep. The dream is now to cast this in a tournament against somebody on a feature match, and then after you've taken out the creature to win the game, quote the flavor text to them and say it out loud. You, like, take out their blocker to win the game, and just before you swing for lethal, you look at them and you say, threefold were his crimes, doubled were his pleas, singular was his fate, and then they'll flip the table before you win the game. <laughs> so what are some key cards you can you can use this on in the format? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Aether Vile. Like, that's, like, Vile's, the, Vile's the a huge one. Yep. big one. I think any of the, the mana creatures, yeah, so oh, yeah, Noble Hierarch, this is, good against, this is good against Elves. I think this is really good against Death Shadow. I mean, that, to me, is, like... Um, because in the format currently, the only removal spell that is prominently played that gets rid of a Death Shadow is Path to Exile. So sure. you can actually well, play... Fatal Push gets rid of... Yeah, that's true, actually. I take that back. You're, you're right. So you're yeah, just, you don't just, really... You're wrong. Just wrong. Right, yeah. uh, well, what's interesting about this card is, is, as a cyber card, it's very fascinating because there are a lot of decks that this is really good against, but I'd be interested to see how many... like. Are there enough decks out there that are playing with one draw permanence where this becomes main deckable and and anything more maybe as a one of like it, it kind of the dispel test like dispel is really good right now and we're right. going to talk about that in a second um, because so many decks are, play at least one high end instant and if you're trying to protect something it's even better because every removal spell in the format is instant speed is there enough one drops in the format where this becomes a main deckable card well okay I have a couple thoughts on that I think the first answer is no because there's enough. There are enough decks in the format that don't play a one-drop that you have to get rid of 
that I don't know that this card like needs to exist. I like mean, I, humans has a one drop. Humans has uh, both noble hierarch, vile, and uh, champion of the parish. Champion of the parish. It has uh, death shadow de- decks or any kind of control decks yeah. or something around that line. Uh, every you know, elves obviously has elf creatures. Blue uh, uh, Bant Company has one drops. Yeah, like, I mean the most. So I think hollow, the most, hollowed one is the one deck where I think this is the largest with. Just because flame blade adept is the only card that it kills. Even then, no, no, it's, it's not flame blade. It's not flame But yeah, they have the one drop. So I think I think this is arguably playable main deck. I don't think you want more than one. It kind of ends up being the sp- same space as spell snare, where like you don't want a full suite of these. But right. as a one of, you're just going to sometimes get someone with a removal spell that's a blowout against them. And if you like paired with Snapcaster Mage, is where I think this has the highest value. Well, yeah, I mean the fact that this card. Because like the yield that this card in your in your opening hand against an Aether Vial deck gets you is so crushing to them. I mean, it gets Merfolk. Yeah, I mean, fifty percent of the format has a relevant one drop. 50%. And I would say the, I, I don't I can't we haven't been able to name a highly played deck, and obviously the internet's probably yelling at us right now that doesn't have at least a one drop that is at least relevant to get rid of. Scape Shift or Titan Shift uh, do not, I believe. Um, is that a? I don't know if I would classify that. Eldrazi doesn't really. Well, depending on the... But it has Nyarch. It has Nyarch a lot of times. Depending on the Eldrazi Yeah, depending on the Eldrazi Yeah, they have Hierarch. Tron has Map is the one thing you might be able to get someone off of. Yeah, and some of them... And so, like, so, like, the all of the Taxes decks, they pretty much all play Vile. A lot of them play Relic oh, yeah, those main. are easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's more the big mana decks is maybe your biggest weakness. Yeah. Jund, just, like, straight-up Jund decks. Jund decks straight-up don't have a one-drop permanent. They have one-drop spells. Well, they have all the thought seasons in the world. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Jund is just a blank. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, Jeskai, regular Jeskai. But John's bad right now. Jeskai Control, yeah. which is maybe the format's best deck right now, does not play. A one drop. Yeah, that's kind of rough. Yeah. But I mean, as a one of, I think it's way more relevant as a sideboard card. And I think it's a super good sideboard card because what we just named is a catch-all that's going to be able to like, like for instance. Yeah, one of in your sideboard where you can just bring this in against a lot of people. If you, Especially if your deck, you want an index that have cards that are dead in some matchups. I think this just like as a, oh, I need my 15th sideboard card is like fine. But in decks that like really need to get rid of some spells, this helps. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think this card's pretty sweet. I I uh, I know what, we've seen one other card be spoiled so far in M19. It's kind of similar, right? It's like well, a that black, was the yeah the black one. That's what I was saying. This could be part drop. of a cycle. Uh, there's the it, it exiles a colorless cre- uh, creature card, and then you gain life equal to its power. So oh, it's really? like a blowout against Eldrazi creatures. I think that and it's it's such a blowout against Wormcoil Engine. Holy yeah. smokes! I just don't <sighs> exile your Wormcoil for one black instant speed, and I gain six life. I'd be much happier if it said Planeswalker and uh. creature, <laughs> like just like a little bit of a, a screw you to Karn and Ugin. Like the fact right. that you can't get rid of Karn is like a big niche on that card and then this card is has similar like matchups are just not going to be as great i'm excited though i mean you know more cool removal spells in modern has never hurt anyone yeah absolutely i mean i just love interactive cards that cost one i think yeah format to format i mean this probably is this because he legacy play uh, I think Gets it has a rid of Deathrite Shaman. higher chance of seeing Legacy play than Modern play. I mean, the fact that this answers Deathrite Shaman and it exiles Deathrite Shaman. Oh, well, getting rid of Vile and Deathrite Shaman it goes very far away. Big game. Yeah. Gets rid goes of Top? Long. Well, Top's banned. Really? Countertop's not still playable in Legacy? What, no, what, what did I miss? Banned. It, like, like a year ago? Like six months ago. I kind of remember that. I don't play Legacy, so... Yeah? I used to. How, dare, how dare you not know that this random format that you don't play? Okay. Well, there you go. We're all embarrassed for you. Yeah, I'm very embarrassed. All right. So, uh, next run of shout-outs, now that we've done the preview card. Um, 
So I have a toy company. Uh, you may have heard, uh, <laughs> and you might see some of the toys randomly sprinkled around us, like these dropped off balls. But cool ball. uh, oh, and in, in a big banner above us, you can see the words "Battle Bosses." And so in August, August fourteenth, we're doing our first game Kickstarter. So we yeah. uh, launched our first game last year. It was called Super Party Battle, um, which is kind of like a party game version of playing Magic. Uh, Battle Bosses is our first strategy game. So definitely check it out if you go to uh, kestco slash Battle Bosses. You can see a lot of the different stuff on how to play the game, what it's about. It kind of plays like. Like uh, uh, if you take kind of a MOBA and and made people 1v1, it's really fun. I definitely recommend it. There's a lot of videos that you'll be seeing and us tweeting about it and all that stuff for the next couple of weeks. Please sign up. There's a little email sign up thing. It's and like we'll super give you more duper info. cool. You can see these little uh, figures over over here over our shoulder. Uh, so like it's kind of like the size of the figures. Like, you know, they're cool. There's another kind of like Pop Funko type of figures in terms of their size and feel. They're vinyl. Come in a similar box. You get like a whole uh, entire... Like a, like a game board and dice and minions and all these cool things that make the game function like in the bottom of the box, which is awesome. Um, and it has very, very similar kind of uh, thematics to magic in a lot of ways. Like there, it's definitely, if you like game. magic, you definitely can enjoy this game. They're yeah, very comparable. It feels a lot like your battle boss is kind of like a planeswalker in the way that they function. Yeah, I previewed of, it. I previewed it on the command zone last week. You can, yeah. we actually announced one of our, uh, it was the first time we released a new character. So right now we've released three of six. That'll be part of generation one. Um, kind of like the origin, uh, the origin five or the Laurel and five of planeswalkers where, uh, up here, <laughs> um, you have Cthulhu, uh, Ryu and Grakthar are the first three, and I previewed Ryu and his samurai minions on the command zone last week. Yeah. And then uh, over the next couple weeks, up to, to July, we'll release the other three main bosses from Generation 1. And then when we get to the Kickstarter, there's an additional six that people can unlock of like all these cool characters. So there's a total of 12 that you can possibly get. And there's a lot of cool stuff that we'll be showing you over the next couple weeks. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Battle Boss for you. Check it out. It's definitely an awesome product. Uh, I work with Kesco also and I'm a big fan of it uh, it's yeah. definitely one of the one of the products that Kes has designed that I am the most happy with that I think is like a really really awesome thing to talk about uh, I actually had it with me at GP Vegas but played in multiple main events and had a very busy weekend so didn't actually get to play games Challenge Battle Boss oh man yeah yeah unfortunately I mean uh, we're going to talk about GP Vegas though and sort of the whole entire trip it was just really exciting. So should we just jump into it? I mean, I feel like that's probably... Was that the segue? I guess uh, we'll be at Gen Con and Dice Tower. If you guys want to try it out, if you're going to either of them, we'll have the game ready for you to play there. Yeah, and I mean, check out the Kickstarter, guys. Obviously, uh, you know that Alex has great ideas as far as competitive games goes. You've listened to him for years on this show. So if you enjoy the stuff we do and our opinions on cards you will probably enjoy this game. It's highly likely, and it's a worthwhile investment on Kickstarter. I endorse it fully. Not just as an employee, but as a game player who does yeah. not play a lot of games other than Magic. And we will live stream gameplay now that we have this fancy camera that we can do that with. Yes. So, Sweet. let's get into it. Uh, GP Vegas. So many things to talk about. The episode previewing it, talking about the deck I was going to play, just came out right now. So, <laughs> you guys heard it after Vegas happened. But uh, if you're interested, you can listen to that and then this. And so, so what deck did you play? Let's let's break down a little bit of getting into the tournament. I'm going to interview and get your little bit of a tournament report, and then that's going to be well, the yeah, because the there's there's multiple things here. So the first the first deal is I was considering playing Jeskai Control, right? I wanted to play traditional Jeskai Control because I felt like your interaction against humans decks, just like it's your ability against the field, felt really strong. Sure. And so originally I was going to do that, but it was sort of like, you know what, that's not my style. I don't really want to just play a deck that other people play that's a good deck, uh, especially because when I lose in matches playing a deck like that, it's never very satisfying. Like, I didn't take a risk. I didn't do something that I, like, really wanted to try. So mm -hmm. um, you suggested that I play this deck that you had designed, and it was a... 
Jeskai mid-range combo control deck. So, yeah. So, basically, I've had a version of blue-white control, normally blue-white X, so it's either Esper or Jeskai or, or, or what have you. Uh, it's never banned. <laughs> um, uh, with me at all times. I've had it since Modern existed. The first Modern PTQ I ever did well in, I took a just straight-up blue-white splashing literally just a, a one steam vents so I could tick my engineered explosives up to three, but otherwise it was just blue-white. He did not top it. Uh, I got 13th place though. <laughs> I lost to uh, Mark Lulagu and he was playing uh, Boggles and it was like for, when that deck first came out. I remember, yeah. And we went like to rat, like we went to turns because I kept like engineering explosives, all of his things all of his off. Boggles. And then he just was able to draw more cards than I was able to kill. But, and then he won GPs. So that guy's really good. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so um, I've had a version of that deck at all time. That was playing Teleria West. That's where that love started. But um, uh, so this one, you know, when Jace was unbanned, I was like, oh, you know, when we were talking about the problem with Jace and why we thought that maybe he wasn't okay to be banned, we were totally wrong. Um, it was during the Splinter Twin era. If you had Jace and Splinter Twin, that was a super problematic combo because as the, you were either trying to stop them from comboing off with Splinter Twin, they would just have Jace ticking up and digging them and or, you know, being the threat that Jace can be. Or if you had to then pay attention to Jace, they would just, you know, combo off on you. So you had to kind of choose. And so when Jace was unbanned, I was like, oh, well, you know, we don't have Splinter Twin, but we have Kiki Jiki and Restoration Angel, another card that I love. And Wall of Omens, it seems really good in the field right now. And threw all the cards together into the blue-white deck shell that I just had anyways and went off to the races. And so I've been testing it recently, and it did really well um, in testing. And so Ben was like, I need a blue-white deck. And I was like, do I have the blue-white deck for you? Yeah, so he showed me the deck. And so the initial build, um, off just offhand, I believe, was three Serum Visions, four Lightning Bolt, two Lightning Helix, four Path to Exile... Four Snapcaster Mage, three Reflector Mage, four Angel, three Kiki, two Jace, uh, one Vendillion Click, and control package of two Logic Knot and one Dispel, all in the main deck, right. with 22 lands exactly, only three Colonnades. You like that? I just did the math memory? It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, that was the initial build, but we... Oh, and the Wall of Omens. I forgot about that. There was four Wall of Omens Ooh, in that deck. That was a big one you missed. Yeah, it was a huge one. Yeah. So <laughs> Alex wanted to, uh, he suggested that deck and I felt like it was super sweet, but there was a couple things that I wanted to change around. So the first one was, I just think Sahili's underplayed. I love that card. And I know it interacts nicely with Wall of Omens. And I was like, you know, there's Planeswalkers in this deck. I think we should probably play one Guardian, one Sahili. So now you have multiple combos in the deck, but your Guardians can also reset your Planeswalkers. Because, like, that's a pretty big game. You can, like, yeah, minus... You have, you, have, you have a Teferi down or a Jace down. You plus or minus or Brainstorm, whatever you want to do with it. And then you play the Cat, and then it blinks the Planeswalker back in the play, and you get to re-trigger an ability. That's a lot of value. One of the coolest things you can do with Jace and Felidar Guardian is you slam Jace on turn four. Maybe you bounce a creature, or maybe you Brainstorm in that turn if that's what you need to do. Turn five, you Brainstorm Jace, play a fetch land, play Cat, Brainstorm Jace again and then crack the fetch land and just have the ultimate sculpted, like, just bananas hand. Right. Right? Like, you've just drawn two cards. You've gotten rid of everything bad you didn't want. Like, it's pretty hard to lose with a Jeskai deck at that point. Mm -hmm. So the big changes that I ended up making were that I also noticed that game one, I didn't like my Tron matchup at all. I thought my Tron matchup was really bad. Well, that's so, blue. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I, I knew that the blue-white control decks were playing Spreading Seas. That's the thing they were doing in the main. Sure. So I decided I would cut down a little bit, and I would play two Spreading Seas in the main. So instead of playing the counter spells, I would play Spreading Seas main deck. And so the deck ended up just changing out two of the Jaces for two Teferis, 
because that card's totally nuts. Which I think in hindsight, and we'll talk a little bit about the main changes I would make in hindsight after the tournament, I think you probably wanted to do two Jace, two Teferi, because I think by sacrificing two, all of your Jaces, your ability to dig towards the combo became heavily depreciated. Yeah, and we ended up with one Jace in the main. I, I agree with you. I like two Jaces in the main. Um, there are, I probably think, the problem is if you cut the Serum Visions, then you have to go up on lands. And if you go up on lands, then you lose other cards. So... Um, One of the card I would cut, I think, and, and you agree. Yeah, Reflector Mage. Yeah. So um, the, the the big changes, all of the changes I made is I, I added two Spreading Seas. I added two Teferi. I added uh, one Cat, one uh, Sahili, and a 23rd land. Those were, okay. the, those were like, I think, of the main deck, all of the main deck changes that I made. And then the only difference there was the sideboard didn't exist yet. So I built my sideboard. Like a verdict, then I had a wrath, then I had some more counter spells, and I had like two damping sphere because it was all I could really think of last minute against Tron and Storm, um, though it doesn't interact with my deck very well. Uh, I can't remember the rest of the board offhand, but it it was fine. Uh, it needed to be changed a little bit. I did, however, on this trip because I was traveling for Kess during the week before I got there. I got to play in uh, where was I? Chicago. Uh, in well, like an adjacent neighborhood to where I was staying at a store called Nerd Ridge. And they've got like a huge local scene following. They do like their own like 2Ks and 5Ks. Okay. It's really, really cool. It was like 30 people showed up for Wednesday Night Modern. I called every store in the Chicago area that night just so I could like jam some games before I got to Vegas. And I got to play an actual four rounds. And went two and two um, with the initial build before we made all the changes. So no spreading seas, anything like that. And... I was pretty impressed. I enjoyed the deck. I had a really, really good yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the deck I've been, you know, it's the it's the pet deck I've been tuning around. If you, uh, the, the and we'll get into, like, direct tournament report in a second, but um, there is footage of it. So Ben got to be feature match in round two uh, that yeah, we'll go over. Uh, but you can see, like, it uses, like, I use, like, clear dragon shields with shadow, uh, inner sleeves, Perfect and then bits, yeah. there's a bunch of, like, weird, um, like, Pro mode cards like I have full yeah. art lightning helixes and there's like one foil to fairy and one non to just a bunch of random stuff. I owned a foil Sahili that I threw in there. It was dope. <laughs> and there's like a moment. Um, there's like a moment where the coverage starts too, and it's in match one. And because uh, it's it's Paul Chion, Brian David Marshall, and Rich Hagan who are doing the coverage. Yep. And they like see the deck is called uh, like counter cat combos. Uh, well, co that's copycat that's, combos. It's what like. If they looked at the list and Xion looked at the list and he was like, this is what this deck list is. Because yeah. it is a counter cat combo deck. It has those pieces, though it is much more on that's like kind of the B plan, if not D plan. So Rich, Rich goes, so is this called diversifying your threats? And uh, and Xion's like, no, I think this guy's just playing cards that he wants to play. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so let's talk about the tournament. So round one, you go into the tournament and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get, so you know, I get into Vegas... Um, Obviously, Thursday night, I got in a little early before the tournament, met up with a buddy, did something totally non-magic related, like just went and got a steak, tried to like really clear my mind. So because I knew the weekend was going to be obviously just be like a massive amount of magic and there was so much cool stuff that happened. Right. I want to talk about all of. So Friday, you know, that's when modern starts. I show up early. I get my cards. Obviously, it's Vegas. So like. I'm up late that night, you know, drinking with buddies. So it's like, you can't really start with like a clear mind at GP Vegas. It's very hard. You have to be so disciplined to get to Las Vegas and go into the tournament without having done anything the previous night. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I get the proper cards, build a deck, show up, and round one I play against uh, Black Green Elves, which is hilarious that I played Black Green Elves in round one and two. 
Um, but I won in round one. Uh, I can't remember exactly the matchup, but it was great. And round two, I like got the thing on the. It was like, hey, feature match, Ben Bateman. I was like, really? My first feature match I've ever played in. Well, that's like it, when you come to a GP the f- and you don't have buys. That's kind of always the the sweet spot if you're like a podcaster or if you want to look at something that isn't a, a tournament grinder because if you play in a lot of GPs or you're a pro player, you have buys. So those first three rounds, they're like, oh, who do we feature? And then you won your first round, you're playing an interesting deck. And so they're like, oh, let's throw... Then yeah. the boss Bateman onto the... <laughs> well, they, that was, there was none of that, though, in the comments. That was fun. So, um, yeah, so we got to do that. And uh, I go in, I, I sit down, and it's like, you know, there's I've just like each of these things is like new to me, right? Like, we have a lot of friends, obviously. You know, Corey's been on the show a lot of times. Andrew Brown used to come on a lot. A lot of our friends are pros and have been pros and have done a lot of this. So, like, you know, Burkhart's been on Feature Match a million times, right? Like, sure. they just get used to it. I'm on camera constantly, but not playing Magic. It's totally different. Like, interviewing somebody on a red carpet, totally fine. Podcasting, easy. Like, I'm in full control of that. This is like if I tap the wrong land. Technically, Craig is in full control of this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If I, like, tap the wrong land. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) The camera's so sophisticated, it probably, like, tracked Craig from behind, like, coming around the camera to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but now it's scanned Craig and can make an immortal copy of him if we ever need to. Yeah. Can you get me a sandwich camera? Are you able to do that? <laughs> um, so, uh, no, but so, uh, uh, where was I going with this? I just, like, lost my You were tilting movie. because you were on camera oh, for yeah. the first time as well, a Magic player. Because, like, I have, you know. We have all of the, all, like, 10,000 of the Twitch stream critiquing <laughs> every single play you make while also, like, calling you out because, like, you're playing with the deck I have that has clear sleeves, so yeah. it's, like, weird, and then yep, yep. you're also fully suited out, as always. Yep, uh, right. And so it was, uh, I would say that watching your on-camera uh, game was one of the best uh, sports watching experiences I've had in my life. Well, not to mention that game, all the games were good. I got kind of crushed game one, but then games two and three were amazing. Game, well, yeah, game did, two especially was incredible. I mean, he did the elves thing of I dumped my whole hand before you have enough removal spells to stop me on turn two. And, and on the draw game one, I had like a really good hand against elves. I, I truly did. I had like, I think game one, I played like turn one. Serum I like Visions. Bolt. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Like Serum Visions, turn two, like wall of omens or something or maybe it was like bolt i think it was i think it was bolt turn two turn three colonnade wall of omens and i was dead by my turn four yeah yeah so yeah that, that's a decent hand against that. but uh so so game two uh you're on the play uh yes game two i'm on the play and i keep like a pretty good hand and the game goes long and one of the one of the best things i mean i want to bring this up because it was important you fetch for an island turn one yep. so normally you don't do that normally you fetch for especially in this deck where you have to get kiki jiki online which costs three red you want to fetch for red sources and blue sources but because you are on elves or against elves that turn and they aggroed you out so hard game one you get that one island but then you win that game at one life yeah, I believe, I think um, there's a couple plays in game two, and it's hard to remember, obviously, I haven't, like, I just got back from Vegas last night, I haven't really gotten the chance to watch the whole thing, I watched like 20 minutes of it last night, but um, I, I was pretty aware of that game, of the fact that, like, there wasn't going to be a totally perfect shot to win that game with the combo right out the gate, mm-hmm. because of my opening hand, because I had what I needed, but the red colors were going to be harder to get to, and I think I recall... Wanting to keep a higher life total and also saying, like, if I win with the combo, it's going to be because I grind out to the point that I can hit my red sources mm-hmm. and I don't need to, like, be aggressive and get it right away, I think. So there was a couple of decisions made in that particular game that I remember, like, I look, when I was looking at the chat that people were, like, really down on me for, like, one of them. And they talk about this literally at the end of the game. Chion's like, it was that decision that he made to bolt Dwinnin's Elite as opposed to killing Azuri 
the turn that he cast Azuri. And it's like, the reason I did it is because I was like, okay, well, I need to get power off the table because if I let this thing resolve, I think he can activate Heritage Druid and make that creature big enough to survive my bolt because now he has Azuri online because he can activate and generate mana with Heritage Druids in response to a bolt. Mm -hmm. So I had to kill the biggest power thing before he, resol before he resolved Azuri because the next turn I was going to be able to kill it. Um, and definitely it was a game that I had to like really grind it out. Um, and then game three, we went to turns. I think I would have won, but it's... Uh, you, you pretty blatantly... Obviously, anything can change because it's elves, but it, it definitely felt like you had that game, except for the fact that uh, you, yeah. you, the, you went to turns. And, and that comes from just, this is, a, I mean, as we just said, this is the third day, time you ever played with this deck. Ever, yeah. And second time and the first time you're on camera so that's a on top of that you want to be very specific with all the plays you make because it's very stressful and like oh, yeah. the whole world is watching you so like it's understandable also um, i mean everybody has their like foibles as a magic player one of mine is definitely i'm a little bit of a slow player i mean i wouldn't call myself like the slowest but sure. I, I think a lot about my decisions and you go to three games with like a three color combo control deck there's like a lot of really niche decisions you don't want to you know, crack the wrong fetch to lose. Exactly. I mean, I went to one for a reason, right? Right. And, and and the other thing is, elves versus control is always one of the most, like, I've gone to time in that matchup in every format I've ever played that both decks were available to more than any other matchup. Because elves has the ability to, like, get a bunch of stuff in the play, but, it you know, they have to tap a bunch of things. They have a lot of stuff going on. And then blue-white will just wipe the board or get rid of enough of them to make them restart. But then they get whatever engine they have to refill their hand and start over. And then you get another board wipe so like each person goes back and forth doing a lot of stuff on their turns and in the end it just kind of makes it go to time yeah i'm pretty certain after so so that wrapped up and it was definitely a lot of fun i was really you know grateful to the to the team corbin and, and bdm and whoever it was that kind of noticed that i'd won a game to get me on camera um and my next two matches i wish i could clearly remember i know that i beat a jeskai deck jeskai control they struggled and i beat them for sure I believe I beat them with uh, with the combo. Yeah. How many times do you think you comboed out over the day one? I think I comboed out more times in the day with the one of Sahili and Felidar Guardian than I ever did with Angel Kiki. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird. I'm not sure why it worked like that. Uh, it just it just did. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the Guardian, like, I'm a really big fan of Felidar Guardian in that deck. It's not as good as Angel of Beating Down, of course, but it can blink your Planeswalkers, which, mm -hmm. like... I mentioned it already with Jace, but just any of them. Like, plussing Teferi. Twice is, like, drawing, insane. Drawing you get, a card. You get the four mana the next turn. So you can, like, you can plus Teferi, uh, Felidar Teferi, plus him again, and then, like, flashing an angel, blinking the, the cat on your turn to then blink another thing. Like, it, like, it can yeah. go pretty far. I mean, you can literally act... If you, with that turn you just mentioned... You um, can activate Teferi three times no, in one you turn. No, you can't do it on their turn. No, 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 but you, you can just blink. You can, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it untaps to the, the lands back, right. yeah. So anyway, I, I can't remember what the decks I played exactly were. It was those ones, and then, like, another, like, good modern deck. Like, it might have been Burn or something like that. It was, okay. it was like, a real deck, what were your sure. What were your losses? They you were, like, all against Jeskai. <laughs> okay. I, I, I dropped after seven rounds because I was 301, and I lost the last three in a row, and I just dropped before round eight. Okay. Um, but I, I lost to Jeskai in round five. Well, that's what, when you got into the draw bracket, me and Michael Grothy, who was on the podcast and works at Casco as well, and one of the game designers here, uh, he, we were discussing it and we we're like, that's kind of the worst position for you because you yeah. have a deck that has sacrificed your Jeskai matchup for every other matchup with the combo. And because you have no counter magic and because they can kind of stop what you're doing. Um, and when we talk about what changes we'd probably make in the future, I definitely have an answer for that problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was uh, it was really interesting to to notice how bad it was against regular Jeskai. Just like them having Cryptics. them having Cryptic Command is so good against you. Mm-hmm. They have all the same good cards that you have. They just have more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you have to answer so many things to not let them outcard you. Even like them playing a certain like in one of the games that I lost. Like he played Search for his Canton turn two. I was on the play. And I was like, do I logic not this? And it's like, I think I just logic not this. I think I have to because if I don't, right. he's going to get ahead on land and he's going to get out on card so fast. Um, it was it was Infect and two Jeskai control matchups where I lost. Okay. And Infect, I might have just misplayed the Infect matchup looking back on it. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's been a while since that deck was a thing to be relevant, so you're probably just a little bit out of practice against it. We went to three games, okay. and it was close. I, I could have won Infect, I think. It was game one was the one that I felt like I misplayed. He beat me in game three with, with Geists. He okay. brought in Geist, okay. and he... You know, Ooh, Infect bringing Geist in is really spicy. It was sweet. That's cool. It was really powerful. I was, I was impressed. Um, so, What was your easiest matchups? Um, I mean, it felt like Elves was actually a pretty good matchup for me, to be honest. Okay. If I had not gone to time, I would have just 2 0 Elves decks in a row. And okay. I beat Elves in when the, I was in Chicago. Sure. So, um, but he was playing a different version of Elves. But I think, you know, Elves is definitely a great matchup. It feels like any of the creature matchups were going to be pretty strong for me. Like, I think Humans was a pretty pretty darn good matchup, probably. Um, I didn't get to play that much diversity in the field. But uh, that was, yeah, that was what I did. So, so you know, day one was super, super fun. We, uh, I was with like, like a group of people and, and uh, I decided that I would, I, would lo- I would register and I would play in the limited GP as well the next day because once I scrubbed out. And so Eric Weidetz, who's the, you know, father of Highlander Roulette, who came with me, uh, we played like a dozen games of Highlander. Instead of gambling in casinos, we, we bet like 20 bucks a game on Highlander. <laughs> what okay. actually happened was we bet 10 bucks a game before we were like halfway into a bottle of Jameson. Then by the ten, then I made like four two him on ten dollars a game. We had finished the Jameson, and I was like, "Let's do another twenty dollars a game." And then I lost four two. Well, don't um, drink and play Magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it was really really fun. And so then we woke up the next day. We went to the tournament, and everybody in my play group had a really good uh, Dominaria day. Like Eric day two, Alex Sheffield day two, mm-hmm. True missed by a match, and I lost my win and in in round eight to day two. Um, my deck was pretty good, but. It was really fun. I got to meet so many people in the community, so many fans of the show. I know. I was um, I was just like tweeting FOMO in different creative yeah. ways throughout the weekend. Um, it was it was crazy. Like I have to say, because we've done the show for three and a half years, and this is our this is my third GP Vegas in a row. Yeah. So each of the GP Vegases, it feels like a higher number of people have finally become aware of uh, the Masters of Modern podcast. Like it's not, and we're not even on video until literally today. Um, so a lot of people don't know what we look like. You and I have talked before about the fact that when we meet fans, a lot of the time it's because we're sitting down at a table and they hear our voice from two people away. And they're like, oh, I recognize your voice. Do you host the podcast? And it's like so yeah, crazy. I've been recognized more like mid-game because I'm like, I'm going to. I'll counter that and burn that or I'll cast an half-caster mage. Someone's like, right, you're exactly. Alex Kessler. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, right because my voice is talking. more recognizable yeah. than. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, it was crazy though to meet so many fans of game nights of that. I mean, I got to meet Schmodown fans. I have this one story. This is my favorite thing in the world. So, you know, John Roca, who's the, uh, the outlaw, the guy with the cowboy hat. Yeah. Andrew tackled. Sure. <laughs> so I meet uh, a couple, um, incredible people. So nice. And they, they walk up and they're like, Hey man, team action. Where's the belts? And I was like, Oh, cool. Um, no idea that I was a magic content creator at all, by the way, just, Oh, interesting. They just knew you were there. They just knew that I was a Schmodown guy. Got it. So they walk up and, uh, and they're like, hey, man, like, the dude's like, do you mind if I get a picture, uh, if my wife gets a picture with you? 
And I'm like, yeah, of course, dude, no problem. Like, you want sunglasses or no sunglasses? He's like, definitely sunglasses, because like that's my team action character. And uh, and he's like, she's not even really a team action fan. And she's like, shut up, honey. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, who's your who's your team? And she's like, she's like, oh man, I'm a fan of the outlaw. John Roca's the love of my life. <laughs> it's just like, I can't wait to tell the story to Roca. This is the most amazing thing in the world. And then at the end of it, you know, I, I did pictures and met them, talking for a little while, gave them a little inside scoop on Schmodown. Uh, they were like, wait, you do a magic podcast? Really? I was like, yeah, I and mean, I'm here playing. Like that's, and I was like, and they're like, oh, cool. You got new listeners of the podcast. I was like, great. Backwards compatible here. It's, it's working. It's all working out. Yeah. It's all coming together. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, anyway, but so back to the tournament, it just, that, that was the end of that. We, uh, we had a great time. Uh, I got to hang with Gavin Verhey a bunch. Um, yeah, I know Gavin's, Gavin's a long time friend of yours. And, uh, he's, for those of you that don't know, Gavin designed Battlebond. That's his most recent baby. Um, he designs, I think he's in charge of, and I might be wrong about this and I apologize if I am, but like all not like standard set magic products. Yeah. Any interesting, like he's involved in all of the, the interesting expansions and the different, you know, versions of play and just a super smart dude who knows a lot about what he's doing. Right. And um, we played a bunch of Highlander Roulette. I know I've mentioned it on this podcast endlessly, but uh, we played a bunch of it with Eric and Gavin and I, and it was just super, super fun. And so it was it was a really, really great day, a great weekend. And then, you know, Sunday, obviously, I was, like, just exhausted from mm-hmm. the whole trip. I'd been gone for five days at that point playing Magic. And, yeah, there you go. That was my that was my tournament. So here we are. Well, congratulations for getting on coverage. It was it was epic. Yeah, thank you. And a big shout out to Wedge um, from the Manasaurus. Oh yeah, yeah. He's doing okay. He was walking around today. There's, yeah. I saw. I saw. Yeah, he, an had, update. he had emergency I donated back during surgery. The weekend. Um, was like a massive whole thing. Like it's out of nowhere too. Really scary. The community rallied together and like just got him a lot of support. It was really amazing. Yeah. So get well soon, man. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, definitely. Big stuff there. So. Uh-huh. Cool. That's kind of the uh, the, the tournament. Report. I'm trying to think if there was anything else like super relevant at the tournament. I got to like hang with the Vintage Magic guys a bit and saw a live beta pack opening. There was also the beta draft, which was crazy. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, Time Walk, Underground Sea, I think were the two coolest cards opened. Yeah. Yeah. There was some... Uh, they opened a Mox. Oh, they opened a Mox. Okay. Yeah. There was a Mox uh, em- Amber. Uh, emerald. Actually, not Amber. There was a Mox Amber in a beta pack. Uh, there was a Mox Emerald, but... um. It was dope. Yeah, it was super, Sweet. super cool. All right, so that's it for today's episode, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, big thank you to Wizards for our preview card. Yeah. Isolate. Are we out of time? Is that what just happened? I think, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. It's been like an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. That was a fast hour 20. Um, that might be an off count, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Craig? We, we're it's 42 <laughs> minutes. Uh, oh, no. We're about 40 minutes shy of the hour 20 mark there. <laughs> um, that's uh, half of what I just said. Yeah, do we have... Do we, do we have uh, any any time to talk about deck changes or no? We got to wrap it up. Oh, we can talk about deck changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the part that we were going to do. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I think I think my big takeaway from what you were telling me over the weekend and, and watching you play on coverage is I think, A, uh, straddling the two different combos a little bit more thoroughly. So, instead of just throwing one healing in and one ca- uh, cat in, maybe going right. three and three between the, the restos and the cats and then uh, having two Kiki and two Sahili. Because Sahili does a lot of other stuff the deck wants to do and it's easier to cast. The fact that it is, like, very splashable and only, you only need two colors to do it versus the three red is definitely something that was really appealing and the fact that it does the same stuff of like worst case scenario i cast this with a wall of omens and i blink the wall of omens and gain value or i blink a snapcaster it's like a three mana snapcaster made yeah I mean, which that is was, totally fine that was the stuff that was the most appealing to me was like even even certain plays i mean i won a game in like round three i think against jess guy where i was like ah, i can't hit this fifth land for my right. 
I can't hit this fifth land for my for my what's this called? Uh, my my kiki jiki. Sure, but sure. I can hit this third land right, and I was like I was like oh so I can now I can blink this angel with this. Uh, what's this, what's it called? And that's going to set off the other combo, and it wins the game. Right, and right. And, and and like <laughs> for a while, because something I didn't really even realize until it happened on camera is that you can go infinite with Resto yeah. and the cat together. They just break I don't each other I don't forever. know what to do with it, and like I think maybe the answer is like have two Oriok champions in the sideboard or something yeah. along that lines. That's like cute, but not bad like for a second yeah. i was like oh what if we play with trinket mage and then we have like one dark seal citadel one engineered explosives and one yeah. uh <laughs> altar of the brood. one altar of the brood so that like most of the time you're just getting explosives or uh, an artifact land that you can just you know it's a it's a, right, a, right. a it finds you a land which you can always use or but like sometimes you can get the combo piece but in reality, it was like, maybe in the sideboard, our champion makes more sense. And then... There might be some really clever stuff. I mean, there really honestly might be some weird stuff we could do. I'm not sure. I'd like kind of want to explore that avenue a little more because I don't think you're totally off with that. Like the Trinket Mage package could be cool, but I also think there's interesting stuff with like Sahili was originally notable because you could, in standard, I think, Altar of the Brood, Sahili, and um, Liquid Metal Coating. Oh, that was never standard. No, that was never that was standard um, and there was like a whole deck being designed. I remember that people... There was no infinite with combo that. with Sahili in, in standard until Cat came out. Yeah. But, like, I guess I don't think you would want to do that, but the idea that your Sahili could blink any permanent in your deck if you turn it into an artifact with liquid metal coating, and that also that just allows you to... Yeah, I think that's going... Like, the point of Sahili here, and the reason I liked it here more than every other time you've ever brought up Sahili, which is now what you're doing, <laughs> is that it, like, was within the game plan of what the deck was doing, which yes. is, like, playing Wall of Omens to protect your Planeswalkers that then gain you value as the game over as you draw into a combo piece. Right. And, like, that's the other thing, is I would probably up it to two Jaces, two Sahili, two Teferi, so you almost have like a three, four, five curve there. Yeah, yeah. So you can even like wall Sahili into Jace into Teferi, and that's like a perfect little curve that you have there. It is interesting that like the further you get away from the Flash game plan, so the more you have like Wall of Omens and Reflector Mages and Planeswalkers and Cats and stuff like that, yeah. the less the deck starts to feel like a Flash deck and the more the deck starts to feel like you can just play things at sorcery speed that are good. And then it's like, well, how much better is V-Click in your deck than just playing Flicker Wisp? Because it's the same stats that does your game plan. Uh, I still think V-Click, because like V-Click... The reason V-Clicks in the deck is to stop your opponent from doing a thing right. versus Flicker Wisp, which is like, I think at this point, you're at the top end of the need of that effect. I don't think you need Flicker Wisp as much as other things. And Flicker Wisp is at its best when you can flash it in. And you also can Flicker fog Wisp people. doesn't uh, allow you to reactivate the Planeswalker same turn. Right, yeah. Like all the other stuff you're doing, it doesn't go infinite with anything. I think That's you fair. have enough of that effect. But I, I do think like, you know, we were talking about, you know, cutting down on... Um, uh, reflector, reflector mages, mages yeah. because I, I just your matchup against humans and decks like humans that reflector mage is good against is already pretty good yeah. um, where your matchup and maybe bringing in board wipes in the sideboard helps you there but your your matchup issues are more against like the blue white decks or whatever so so taking those out and bringing in um, dispels was like the big like oh that's obviously what you need because a against decks that have removal spells you can protect your combo uh and then just like every deck in the format has something that gets blown out by dispel be it, it collected like, company or it feels like probably the move is to play three dispels in your sideboard maybe even just four just so you can beat jessica i think maybe three big, and then one in the main yeah because it's such a big deck um and then I think probably instead of worrying so much about logic knots in your sideboard, you just play the full two or three wear tear, and you're fine. Because then at that point, at that point you can you can get rid of a lot of the permanence. Like like mm -hmm. Throne of the Godfair was a problem for me, and like I was worried about countering it, but like wear tear in my sideboard gives me the ability to have something that can answer that. against like a little bit of everyone. It's also, like good I don't think like it's like good against a lot of decks. Mm -hmm. I love wear tear. I mean, I've been a big fan for a long time. Them trying I think to spreading sees you like yeah. 
uh, gets rid of blood moons. There's a bunch of different pieces yeah, exactly. to get rid of. I, I think also having in your sideboard just like cryptic commands. Like yeah, I think like just like you take out the you take out the kikis, you bring in the cryptic commands. You still can combo out because you have Sahili in the deck, and like right. you just go more for that game plan. Or like you keep Kiki Jiki, and you just you like deal with the fact that you need double red and double blue, which is normally okay. Um, the combo split was interesting. Like Stain the Mind got cast against me at one point. It might have even been on camera, to be honest with you. Or I think I think it was game one. It was it was it was match one. I told you I played Black Green Elves. I don't even he, know what Stain the Mine is. It's the Convoke Lobotomy. Okay, yeah, sure. So so round one, he sees a Sahili in game one, but no combo cards. Mm-hmm. He just sees Sahili and like regular combo cards, and I win the game. And so then game two, he brings in Stain the Mines and he convokes naming Sahili. And I was like, I'll make it really easy for you. You're welcome to look at my deck. There's one. And he like <laughs> he like looked at it just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think those changes are all pretty reasonable. I might play this deck again this summer. I'm probably going to play in some of the PPTQs, and maybe... I was going to go to Sacramento, but it's limited, so I'm not sure. Sure. The, the next reasonable modern PTQ or uh, uh, GP I'll probably go to, and probably play some PPTQs, and maybe I'll play this deck again. I have, like, a sweet, sweet brew upcoming with uh, the new Nickel Bolas that I want to build, but we'll it's talk okay. about that later. It's okay. Yeah, it's really good, guys. Uh, yeah, it's excellent. Um, so anyway, it's just a four four for four. <laughs> that makes them discard a card and it flies. A four four for four. Not that like makes them random. Discard a, what? It's just like a random discard. It's a four four flyer for four okay. that they have to lose a card and then long game flips into an unbeatable permanent. That's insanity. Like okay. that's crazy. And with training grounds, you can flip it for five instead of seven. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what I have to deal with every day. I it took. I was so proud that he decided to just like only add one Sahili to to like a good deck. <laughs> and now he wants tournament. to play more Sahilis. Who was right? Who was right? Uh, yeah. Craig. Is training grounds legendary? No. Multiple training grounds. Yes, yeah, I know. Trust me, I'm aware. Craig is a bad influence on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> my, my whole thing. Okay, we'll talk about this on a later episode. But I'm gonna, uh, iso- I'm gonna isolate both of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that's gonna wrap it's us not up in for modern. today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, this is exciting for us. Yeah. I'm glad you guys get to like see us. See this us. is what I look like. So, so this uh, introduces the last couple shout-outs here. The first one is there will be more video content now coming out. Correct. And so the you're gonna see this somewhere. Uh, where this exists, where this video goes up, by the time it's live, which will be Thursday, because that is Monday. Well, make sure, so so this will be where it's supposed to live. Wherever that is, subscribe. Yes, exactly. So there's a place to subscribe here. Also, most likely, the first place people will see this are on Twitter or Facebook, either on our page or the Facebook group, because that's where we're going to definitely share it, all those places. Make sure to subscribe, share, like all of those places, share this video. Um, that's the first shout-out. The second shout-out to remind everybody here is that check out the Command Zone. They are on uh, collected.company, the same place you can find our podcast. Yep. They've got Game Nights, which is obviously that awesome series you guys have all seen before. We've both been on it. Craig, who's in the room here, has been on it a bunch of times. Um, it's a great series. I, I was think. on last week's episode of the regular series, The Command Zone. Command Zone. So uh, Jimmy and Josh are, are killing it. Where Continue. I preview, I do a little bit more of an in-depth breakdown of Battle Bosses. We've talked about it before on the podcast, and we'll talk about it more. Um, the last two shout-outs. One, I did mention this on the episode of the show that came out two weeks ago. I am going to start streaming Moto in the next week. I'm, I have to like learn how to play Moto because I've never done it before. It's okay. But I'm going to start doing it. Yep. You guys are going to start seeing my brews that I'm talking about on stream every week. So that's going to be a thing. And again, when those are out, I will share them extensively and we'll talk about subscribing. I mean, the nice thing is I already have 
I would say 60% of a modern mana base. Yeah. Uh, and modern collection in Moto. I'm missing like Tarmogoyfs, but right, they're not that good. But I have Snapcaster Mages. I have Scalding Tarns and all those things because I like would just draft. The most I played Moto was during the Return to Ravnica into Tarkir block era. Okay, so, so I have like a lot of the important land base, man bases. So it's good. So then also, and we mentioned it earlier, but we're going to make a new video explaining it, guys. Patreon.com slash the MMCast. That's literally how you got video. It took us yeah. a long time because we don't promote it that much. We just mention it every week. But if you like, like the content we do if you're fans of the, the masters of modern content uh just donate a couple bucks a month if yeah. uh, seriously we'll try to we'll try to come up with more tiers to give better rewards and make more of a community there but like at the very least we just want it does directly go do into more. stuff that benefits it it's why we're able to do everything you're seeing here yeah literally um, building the set buying the desk buying all of it like we've taken a long time to put it all together and even invested some of our own money into making this happen and we want to continue doing more of it so help us out on the patreon yep it really means the world. It makes a huge difference. I mean, we've us. been doing it for three years to keep us motivated to keep doing it. It is definitely, we are very appreciative. Um, and the last thing is also check out Battle Bosses, uh, cast.co slash Battle Bosses. There's a bunch of cool stuff there. You'll be able to see the game. We have a live stream gameplay there. We'll also be posting content on the website. And there's a Facebook group for Battle Bosses and a Facebook page for Battle Bosses. Go to check all those stuff. And then there's even like a MailChimp, MailChimp, if you guys are uh, serial fans. <laughs> that you can submit to and, and we'd love to yeah, get updates because when the K-Star goes live it's, it's going to be awesome it's a great game alright guys that's going to wrap us up we'll see you same time same place next week thanks, thanks so much thanks for watching thanks for listening have a good one guys love thank you thank you for your attention for further inquiries send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com see you later alligator